Thanks for tuning in to the Real Guy Podcast. Today I got Captain Norm talking about local issues here in Fort Lauderdale. They crossed the line when they pissed off Buddy from Southport Raw Bar. Listen and enjoy today's podcast with Norm Beckoff. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. Special guest in the studio, Captain Norm. Norm, thanks for coming in, buddy. It is a pleasure to be here, as always. Now, the reason I had Norm come in is because Norm started ranting to me on the phone and sent me an email about some shit that's going on in his neighborhood that uh, he's pretty pissed off about. Yep, you could say that. Now, what's, what's, what's the core thing? Okay. What's the core thing? I mean, what, what, what's pissing you off? Buddy, uh, Buddy Sherman from uh, Southport Raw Bar. Right. Okay. Local hero to all of us. We love Buddy Sherman. We love our Southport Raw Bar. Right. And I'm a Facebook friend of, of his, and I follow him with great interest. Um, they are a, um, if you haven't been to Southport, you need to go. But uh, quick plug for Southport Raw Bar. Anyway, um, it's as if he has not been through enough this year. Okay. He comes to find out that there is a project being planned for Cordova Road for some traffic calming. You know what traffic calming is? No. There's two, basically there's two types of, three types of traffic calming. Uh, there's a rotary where you got to ride around in, in, in a circle through a, what would otherwise be a four-way stop intersection. Familiar. Okay, and it's usually a yield. You don't ever have to really come to a full stop. Um, then there's uh, traffic speed bumps. Right. Okay, that, that usually slows down traffic, and that's usually installed in places where there's a long stretch and people can Slow you know, down. Run, run too fast. So they install these traffic calming speed bumps. And then there's what is, in my opinion, one of the worst kinds of traffic calming, which is a median. Okay? Uh, and a median is just what it sounds like, okay? It's where they take and they, they section off uh, the center of the road and they install uh, something that you can't drive over, whether it's a wall or it might be something like what's on Los Olas Boulevard right down the middle with some trees and a little bit of dirt and maybe some grass, okay? Okay, so these are your three traffic those slowing are your, options. Those are your three traffic calming options. Those are typically what you see. Traffic okay? calming. Calming. That is, the, that is the correct terminology for it. And uh, he, posted, uh, he posted this project that is being planned for Cordova Road, uh, which is right in front of Southport Raw Bar, um, on the north-south, uh, on the north-south lanes. Well, Cordova Road is north-south road mm-hmm. uh, between Southeast Fifteenth Street and Southeast Seventeenth Street Causeway. Okay, all the way over there. Yeah. Okay. So the the problem with this is th- th- there's several inherent problems with it. First of all, if you install a median. Uh, through that section it's going to slow down traffic which is what it's what traffic calming is intended to do okay okay um however there's really not a problem with cars speeding through there it's just not a long enough section for 
guys to get get up enough speed through there. So I don't understand well, and there's that. There's what three or four stop signs in a quarter mile, right? So well, there's a bunch of stop signs, but you've got you've got traffic coming out from several. There's several local businesses. Okay, uh, you've got the you've got the shopping center with uh, you've got you've got 16th Street. You got the shopping center. You got Winn Dixie on 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 the west side. Um, you got the other side of 16th Street or whatever that street is that comes out in front of uh, you know the where the old quarter deck was, and then you got 15th Street, which which does have a uh, a four-way stop intersection. Right. So um, the problem with this, the problem with this, I'm going to just explain what the problems are, and then we'll really dive into the meat and potatoes of this, okay? Because okay. I've got a lot to say about this. But people, I think, who are listening to this podcast need to understand what the what the inherent problems are with this, okay? So you've got a, you, they're planning a median for the uh, for Cordova Road between Southeast 15th Street and Southeast 17th Street Causeway, okay? So if you're going, if, if you're running north or south and you want to turn, and that median is in your way, you can't do that. So what do you have to do? You have to make a U-turn. Right. Okay? Your chances for a traffic accident go up dramatically. Okay? Because now you're going to have all these guys, oh, I want to go to Southport Rawbarn, southbound on Southeast, uh, on, on Cordova Road, but I can't get to Southport. Right. So what do I have to do? I have to either park on the west side of the road... Okay, which there's very limited opportunities there, or I got to make a U-turn and try and get into the Southport parking lot. That's what Buddy's concern is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's only part of the problem, though. Okay, if you're Buddy, obviously that's the big problem. Okay, but there's other problems. Okay, so now your uh, opportunities uh, to, to access local businesses uh, are problematic. Access to local businesses are problematic. Um, your your uh, chances to get into an accident go way up, right? Because you have to go around these areas, okay? Okay. Um, if you're if you're transiting that area with a large trailer, right? Okay, and you try and make a turn onto Fifteenth Street, right? Okay, you've got a problem. Well, that's or, that's that's what was coming to mind for me, because, I mean, from. 15th to 17th is fairly an industrial place. Yes. And 15th Street, at the end of 15th Street, are some marinas and some things that some really big shit goes down that road. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, when we did the uh, 46 West Mac project. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I had to put that son bitch in the water. I had to trailer down that 15th Street um, road well, to get it, there. It, and we barely had any space then. And that's kind of like the lifeblood of some of those businesses at the end of the street there. Well, it, it gets even more com- complex because uh, I've heard, I, I haven't been able to confirm this, but I have heard that they are also planning a rotary that's going to be installed on, I want to say it's 10th Avenue uh, between Miami Road and Cordova Road that's running east and west on 15th Street. So just on the east side of Harbordale Elementary. Okay. Okay. That's where I've heard that that's where they're going to do that. So, your access for a large trailer coming in from the west off of US 1 is gone. Okay. Is gone. Because you're not going to get a large trailer through that rotary. It's not going to happen. Right. And then your trailer coming from south, from from 17th Street, is gone. Right. Okay. So, the only way that you could really get a trailer onto 15th Street is if you have to go through Rio Vista somewhere. 
Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. You got all those overhanging trees. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's a nightmare. Well, the people who are in Vista, they'd, I'm sure they'd love to have tractor trailers coming through that fucking place all right. the time. Exactly. Okay. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a disaster. Okay. Uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, any of the guys from Lauderdale Marina or first, first performance Marina know anything about this. Okay, I, I would hope that they do, and I hope that they're voicing their objections. Uh, but listen, this is a real guy podcast. We're talking about, you know, I'm more concerned with the guys that are trailering their boats down to the boat ramp. Right. Okay, you guys are going to have a hard time getting down to that boat ramp. No, the T-toppers, the twin-engine T-topper dudes are going to struggle so bad. Anybody with a trailer is going to struggle. Right. Okay, anybody. Okay, but you know, the, and the bigger the boat, the worse it's going to be. Right. Your mechanics, all your guys working on boats that got to be launched right there. There's a lot of that. Right. Well, I mean, the, the thing that comes to mind to me, <coughs> if Buddy's against it, I'm against it. Whatever Absolutely. Bu- I mean, Buddy's got a business down there. You betcha. He's a big draw for that part of town. Absolutely. It's a staple in town. Mm-hmm. And if Buddy feels that way about it, I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm with yeah. Buddy. I'm with yeah. the small business guy. That's Absolutely. who I'm with. Absolutely. You know, the mom and pop. And like you said, that's the last thing he needs right now is construction out in front of his place. He's already got it behind his place. That's right. They also are dumping shit in the water behind his place every single day, and it looks like absolute hellhole. Well, let's just get to and that the, in, in, in a second. The, the poor guy is just fighting it from all angles. In the meantime, he's doing the right thing. He's making hundreds and thousands of people happy every single week. Absolutely. Right. No doubt. So make sure you bust his balls a little bit more. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So at any rate, so, uh, and, and then the, 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 uh, the, the last problem with this traffic calming, as, as, as we've kind of already touched on it, is it's going to drive traffic around into the other areas of Real Vista and Harbordale. Right. Okay. You got a school, you got an elementary school. Now all those guys that don't want to go through Cordova Road okay are going to be driving around in harbordale or in real vista okay there's that's just going to be there are there's already traffic that tries to divert around cordova because they don't want to they don't want to face you've got <clears throat> you've got traffic going in three different directions from two lanes southbound off of cordova right okay you can either go straight into the public's shopping center you can go right on 15 on 17th street or you can go left Okay, and because of that alone, and that's two lanes. Okay, so they put in this median; it's going to bottleneck that traffic. Right. It's going to slow it down. Even it's already slowed down right now. Right. Okay. Right. 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 So, so there you have it. That's the gist of it. That's the gist of that's it. That's the problem. Let's talk about why this is even happening in the first place. Well, I I got a couple questions for you. you may or may not know, but like the first thing that comes to my mind is. Whose idea was this? Right. How did this all become about? Why is this a topic all of a sudden? Like, where did it come from? Whose I, proposal was it? I, I, I don't know whose proposal it was. I don't know. I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Okay? But that's almost, almost beside the point. Why would it... I would be willing to guess it's probably a resident. That wants it. That wants it. Okay, it might even be a group of residents. I don't know. Okay, I'm not saying it's an organized effort. Okay, but the point is, who would, who in their right mind, right now, 
with all of the infrastructure problems that we have and the shortfall of funding that we have for what really needs to be done. Right. Why would that? Okay. How does that make the priority list? Why does that even make the list? Yeah. That's like 15 years down the line and it's still a bad idea. Right. Right. Yeah. Now that makes all the sense in the world to me because there's so much stuff that needs to be done. There's so many things that the city could spend their time and energy on. Yeah. Beside median between, I don't know, that whole section is pretty much a clusterfuck. So putting a median in it is not like going to fix it. No, it's it's going to make it worse. It's not going to actually, you know, to make that part of town more beautiful. No. Nope. And then, like I said, it's like you can't speed in there hardly anyway. Have you tried to tra- uh, trailer a boat through Las Olas Boulevard? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I got you. Have you tried to make a turn? Have you tried to come in the back way, okay, and gone left on Las Olas Boulevard coming from the north? You can't do it. Right. Right. No. That's dude. It's hard to get. It's going to be like that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I just don't get how the energy was spent there. How it's gotten to this point, and then think of we hear about it now. Think of all well, and that's the other thing. Okay, this is right before an election. Okay, and I'm not going to sit here and endorse one guy or the other. I'm not even going to drop names. Right. Okay. I'm not going to drop. This is not an opportunity to drop names. What this is is an opportunity to wake some of you guys up out there as to what's going on in your own backyard that's going to affect you directly right before you go and you step into a booth. Okay. And I want everybody who's listening to this, and I think there's probably a few, okay, to go into that booth. Okay, and think about, is this city headed in the direction that we needed in to, to be heading in with the crop of characters that we have right now? And then vote your conscience, because this is real local stuff. This is real guy stuff right here, right now. This is one of the dumbest things I can possibly imagine Fort Lauderdale doing. Um, I, I mean... Oh, they'll come up with some number of things. That's... Sure. I mean, putting a park on the beach, a park, a park on the beach at Los Olas and A1A. I mean, I thought that was dumb. I thought years ago when they changed the direction of the traffic along Fort Lauderdale Beach, I thought that was stupid. Okay. And and it was. And it was stupid. It was. Okay. They had to fix something that wasn't broken. Well, I mean, they proceeded to put a highway on the fucking strip. Yes. So now we have a four-lane highway on A1A. No place else in the whole state has a four-lane highway on A1A except for Fort Lauderdale. Right. As soon as you get into Pompano, it goes to one lane, and it stays one lane for friggin' almost ever. Yeah. And if you go south, as soon as you get out of Fort Lauderdale... Well, actually, no. Hollywood has a four-lane... No, that's that's A1A, but that's not beachfront. Right. Where, where Hollywood has their four lanes. But I'm just saying, we took the most beautiful beach in the entire coast, and maybe debatable in the entire world, and put a four-lane highway down the beach. Well, but but we the way we did it was screwy, okay? Because now it only runs in one direction. It used to run in two directions, and you could park on the beach. Right. Okay? Now you can't do that. Correct. Okay? 
So 25, 30 years later, they come up with this park. They come up with a park, a park, a park on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Which isn't really a park. It's a cement slab with a... With some grass on it. That's fake grass. Well, whatever it is. It's fake grass. Is it turf? Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's fake grass, and then there's like a little, I guess it would be an amphitheater. Who hangs out in that? Dude, there's like an amphitheater there. But who who hangs out? The millennials, I guess. Maybe they're the ones that get it. We don't. The drunks and the homeless were all there last time I was there. Okay. Well, there you go. Did you see okay. the video where it was coming down Los Angeles Boulevard, and it was flooding, that king tide, and I'm friggin' on my bicycle, and I'm like two feet into the friggin', uh into the uh, water and I go over Los Angeles Bridge and it's pouring like a bastard <laughs> so I roll over underneath that little amphitheater that they made in the new so-called park yeah and um, I was in there with probably I don't know there was like 20 homeless a couple of drunks nice yeah and um, well they couldn't fish it was just ramp an, anymore well so. it was just amazing to me that other people like myself weren't you know going there for shelter and then I realized they weren't going there for shelter they were going to be there anyway Okay, but let's get back. Let's get back to the most important, the the, the salient issue here. Okay, okay? okay. and and that it's it's real simple. Okay, why are we wasting money on a median? Okay, when we need billions, possibly. I don't know what's the number. How many? How, what's the sh what's the funding shortfall on our infrastructure problems that we're having right now that need attention twenty years ago. Well, they stole two hundred fifty million dollars over this. So we'll start with that. Oh, that well, that's but that's just that's a drop in the bucket. You know, I was talking to I was talking to uh, uh, Jim Noggle, former mayor. Right. Okay, he was the last mayor that put a bunch of money into the infrastructure in Fort Lauderdale. He spent a billion dollars on infrastructure. Uh, on infrastructure. Okay, that was a mayor. Where have these last two scrapes been? Okay, I'm just telling you right now the way I see it is if and I don't know how this is this meeting is even funded okay I don't know that it's city dollars I don't know that it's state dollars it could be county dollars but whatever those dollars are it's an infrastructure project so why wouldn't we direct every last dime on infrastructure towards the real needs of this community dude I mean, dude, the city, if nothing else, it may not be pretty, but it's consistent. They spent $400,000 on a John boat to clean up the intercoastal waterway after. I'd have done it for two hundred and fifty grand with my boat. Right. And, we, and, we'd have got twice, <laughs> and we could have had we could have four pool steamers have, instead yeah. of two. But the thing is, is $400,000 to do that. Yeah. After you just set the record for sewage spills. Yeah. The record. That's your response after a record-breaking sewage spill? You buy a John boat. You No, you hire a fake company yeah. that freaking comes up with a John boat. Yeah. You give them $400,000 so you can show that you spent $400,000 yeah. on restoration and, and cleanup. What's even more insulting than that is there are organizations that are out there right now that can tackle that project, hit the ground running tomorrow. But before Four oceans. Well, I'm talking. Okay, the, well, the, that's the, part of. It. I'm not going to name the company that they hired, but I will use them as an example. They know they're taking the four hundred thousand dollars and not cleaning up the waterway, so they're just right. as bad as the freaking government. They're probably together. They're probably into cahoots, and that's how the whole thing works. And that's to answer your question. 
about where the all the money goes and who makes these decisions. Well, that's how those decisions are made. And that's a great example of where the money goes. It goes mm -hmm. back to them. Yeah, well, I mean... In one form, fashion, or the other. But it never gets spent correctly. Never has in this town. Okay. It just doesn't get spent correctly. It never has in this town. Never. We've been getting ripped off. It's been one giant real estate deal. The guys that are doing the real estate deals are benefiting. It's always been that way. My hope to God is that the rest of the state looks at Florida. They look at Fort Lauderdale and Miami, and they say, God, please, let's not turn into what they turned into. Yeah. Because I see a lot of small towns, and I see a lot of coastal communities all up and down the state. Yeah. With the growth rate is absolutely insane. Same thing that happened here in the last 30, 40 years. Oh, and, Insane and, growth rate. And, it, and, we've got, and we've got even more people pouring into Florida now from up north right. because of this COVID thing. Just, I'm just saying, they're coming here. They're coming to the coastal communities. These coastal communities' growth rates are absolutely extraordinary. And these politicians are going to be dealing with a lot of money. Yeah. And they, like they did here in Fort Lauderdale and a lot of places here in Florida... They don't use it for the people that are giving them the money. Well, you know, let's 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 just talk about that for just a second, okay? Because there are opportunities right now and coming up uh, that we can uh, take advantage of uh, to voice our concerns, okay? Of course, voting is one of them. We, we've got a, we've got an election coming up. That's one way to do it. Um, write letters. To everybody that you can think of, everybody on the city commission, right? Okay, um, everybody on the county commission, okay. Your state representative, find out who your state representative is for this area. What did what did they call that? Um, traffic calming. Traffic calming. Calming. Yes. Traffic calming. The um, they have they have a, a a term for everything that you're talking about. Right. It's called a call to action. People have to make a call to action, and I've been. Hearing that term a lot since we did the uh, protest on the sewers problem that we've had here. Right. And then all these different people that we've done interviews with and podcasts with and all the experts that we've spoken with and got information from keep hitting on that. Well, don't we have a second call to action coming up? We have a second call to action coming up. We're actually going to be a launching party on October 24th at Miranda Farms. We're going to have live entertainment with Ricky Valido. We're going to have a full liquor bar. We're going to have hay rides for the kids. Family event. And at that... Sounds like fun. It's going to be. And but it's also going to be... A, call, a, a launch party. A launch party. For our second to call to action that I'm going to drop on October 24th. Absolutely. Now I've already I've, you know, obviously Norm knows about this shit. But I'm not like we're not trying to pull wool over your eyes or anything, but we do want to build some anticipation because what Norm's talking about is what we call call to action. If you want to write your government, you know your congressman, you know everybody says write your congressman, and that would be a call to action. Right. Attend a city meeting on, to on topics that you're interested in would right. be a call to action. Doing a protest like we did with the sewage problem here. That's a call to action. And what Norm's talking about is... It's definitely a call to action. And But this, this, this is going forward. This has to be something that Floridians especially, people in coastal communities especially, have to embrace. And the reason they have to embrace is because they are under different scrutiny than other municipalities and, and cities. Because their growth rate is going out uh, of it's, control. It's, it's just it's nuts. And, and and the thing is, is that, you know, 
I, I think sometimes people, I mean, in this community anyway, I think people are just totally asleep at the switch. Okay. And, and they choose to be. And they choose to be. Right. Okay. I mean, I can guarantee you there are people who live in Harbordale and Real Vista, okay, who don't know about this project. And one of these days, if we don't act now, that thing's going to get put in there, okay? And they're going to wake up one morning and they're going to go, what is this about? Why are they doing this? This doesn't make any sense. And guess what? It's too late. It, it will be too late. But they do learn. Let me give you an example. How's that? All right. So, Revista, that poor neighborhood. I mean, just been getting... They've been through just crunched. Right. And so many good people live there. But those people, a lot of them, when the infrastructure first blew up, and they were dumping it into the Tarpon River. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a half a dozen, yeah, probably more than that. It was probably like 15 or 20 houses where it actually spilled right in their front yard. Oh. And, you know, right in their grass, in their backyard. I mean, just nasty. But at the time, when I was speaking to people in Rio Vista about the giant sewage break, I would get responses like, oh, well, I live like three blocks away from there. doesn't affect me at all. Really? Now that was now now to the defense. That was their first response. Now that they see what's going on, and there's traffic in their neighborhood, yeah. and there's friggin' pipes going everywhere, and friggin' we're the laughing stock of the friggin' nation because we just said the record sewage spills. Yeah. Now they get it. Now they get it. Now they get it. Well, it you know what else they get it? But you but they but people have to go through what I call a rock bottom scenario to get it unfortunately well let me tell you what i knew a very very good mayor of another city in the united states i knew him very well you guys okay. like thumb wrestling shit no 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 this guy <laughs> this guy was very he was his name was kirk humphreys right okay and uh kirk humphreys from oklahoma city and he took a dead downtown he and another mayor who preceded him took a dead down dead downtown and completely revitalized it in five years Okay, and they did it by appealing, but by, by being in two places. One at the very rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Okay, that community was a dead community. Uh, they had all kinds of problems. All right, and they rallied the public around a brighter future. Okay. The problem is, is we're not really at rock bottom yet. Or if we are, nobody realizes it. Well, maybe, maybe the neighborhoods, maybe the beach, maybe there's a lot of places that are close to rock bottom but aren't at rock bottom. Let me tell you what is at rock bottom. And that's the quality of the water in our canals and Absolutely. our coastal waterway. We are at rock no bottom doubt. there. No you doubt. cannot make it. You can't get any worse. Right. Well, well I, I shouldn't it, say that. Right. God knows. But, but it's, it's as bad as it's ever been. Well, compared to what it yes. was and what it is now, it's, it's a cesspool. Yep. It's a cesspool. You know, and there's two sides to that coin because people, people get it kind of confused with some of my content because I'll go and show that I caught six tarpon with two good looking clients. And everybody's happy with smiles on their face. Mm -hmm. I put that post up 30 seconds later. I thought it was all dead. No, 30 seconds yeah. later, I put up a friggin' photo of the tampons floating down the fucking river. Right. And they're like, wait a second, I thought he just caught... Because we still have a fishery. What it was and what it is 
Yeah, two different was things. Was like Detroit in its glory days and what Detroit is now. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So Detroit still builds some cars. Detroit still has some companies that does uh, auto parts, but it's friggin' pathetic yeah. compared to what it was 50 years ago. And that's the way our waterway is. The real, the real question that I think a lot of people have to ask themselves, okay, is what do I want it to look like in 20 years? Right. What do I, what do I want it to be in 20 years? And how can I be a part of that now? Right. The other thing, too, is, is there's a misconception. People think that it's overdaunting, and it's not. No, it's not. Dude, they cleaned up Boston Harbor. Yeah. They cleaned up yeah. a friggin' river in Ohio that friggin' caught on fire. Or was mm. that? Yeah, Ohio, right? Where the I river so. caught on fire yeah, or whatever? So. Chicago, another one. It can be done. Right. I'm not saying that um, there's not a lot to do, but it's not. No, it's not, it's not it's insurmountable. Not it is not insurmountable. We can, it, it can work. And I mean, we're starting to sound like a couple of cheerleaders. We can do it. We can do it. But you know what the problem is? Somebody has to be a cheerleader. Somebody has to start, okay? And somebody has to not just go out there and plant some oysters and sing Kumbaya. I'm talking about some real changes, okay? And there's not going to be any real changes until... There's real education. When there's real education, people actually know, like the citizens in Rio Vista now know about the sewage. Yeah. Now they know. Yeah. But education is huge because most people are just clueless. All right, let me give you a good example, okay? All right. I'm more conservative, all right? Right. I'll tell everybody, I'll vote for Trump. I voted for Trump, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to vote for him again. Right. The reason I voted for Trump is because he's not a politician. Right. And if you're not a politician and you run, yeah. I'll probably vote for you. Yeah. Unless, like you said, it's in a rare note where, like, you actually know a mayor or something and did some great things. Yeah. So, I voted for Trump. I'm a more conservative. But my point was, one, is that the Trumpers stole my idea as far as having boat protests. Remember, I had the first boat protest. You you had it was original style. It was original, and you it was what? the first, it and the Trumpers original. stole they, it. They, they did. All right, but... That's, That's beside the yeah, point. I know. I, but the point I'm making is... is Well, somebody's so, got to set an example. Well, and somebody's got to have the original style. And, you know, I'm used to doing that. That's my role. I get it. But my point is, all those guys with boats, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. And they're flying and sporting the piss out of the Trump they flags. They had one today in Miami. Right. That are sporting the piss out of their Trump flags and everything. Which I th- totally think is cool. Not downplaying it one yeah. bit. All right. So after the election, okay... What happens? No, I want. We're going to hold more protests. Now, remember, these are voters sporting their Trump flags, and they've got real conviction because they're going to support Trump, and they're going to have their Trump flags out. Do they have the same conviction for the same water that they're floating on? No, they never do. They never do. And why is that? Because they're they're not woke. They don't know. Well, Just, that's what I mean. They're, they're not woke. They right. don't get it yet. Right. But I'm going to use that as an example. All worried about How many times do you politi- see? All worried about federal politics. Okay? You spent crazy parts of your income on your lifestyle to be a waterman, to be a boater. Oh, yeah. Right? Are you going to get as fired up about your own local water as you're going to get fired up about federal, you, you about should national be. politics? You should be. You should be 10 should times be. more fired up. You should up. be. At least that much. So let, okay. me, let me be the first one to ignite the fucking fire. Okay. Well, I mean, and, and, that's, and that's what needs to be done. But there also has to be a solid plan 
to get to the next level. Okay, and that involves participation it's, because one guy can't do it. But 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 it's no it it it's a known fact what it is. It's education and yes. uniting. Those are the two things. I mean, God knows, I've interviewed so many people. I've read so much crap. I'm looking into what successful organizations did what. Two things. You have to unite, and you have to have educated people. Agreed. Now, let's just take it a step further. Where does it go from there? In other words, where does the rubber hit the road in this? Okay? I'm not talking about having protests. I'm not just talking about... Uh, you know, organizing people and having people fired up. At what point does public sentiment become public policy and how do you get that to happen? Okay. And that's called grassroots efforts. Right. Grassroots. Okay. And what needs to be done is there needs to be a grassroots level initiative that undertakes that mission with the goal of public policy being enacted. CCN is perfectly set up for something like that. <laughs> Spilling the beans over here, okay. Norm. Not, not yet. We'll not let entirely. It, we'll, we'll let it roll. All right. But since you brought that up, since you brought that up, all right, let's talk about nonprofits and foundations and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because my whole working career, I've donated. Mm -hmm. I became members of CCA, Ducks Unlimited, Captains for Clean Waters, Bonefish Tarp and Trust. I could go on and on. My dad did it before me. Mm -hmm. And the performance that we've gotten from these foundations and organizations has been very minimal over the years. And it bothers the piss out of me. I don't like... I don't like... Foundations have zero accountability. Zero, okay. Um, I find personally that non-for-profits, not not-for-profits, have just slightly little more than zero accountability. Okay, yeah, it, it makes you feel good, and you can take a tax exemption or right. tax write-off right. from donating or being involved with it. Right. Okay, but at the end of the day, they don't have that much more accountability. And you hit you hit it on the head. It's about the tax deduction and the donation game. Yeah. And if you play that game, you'll get enough money to have an organization. Maybe. That's the game. Yeah. yeah. That's the game. But like then what? Exactly. My point. Then what? We get oyster projects. Okay. I tell you what. We I, get clam projects. I tell you what. I we would, get legislation for Everglades National Park, which is cool. But it's 100 miles away from here. There is a golden term for anything like this if you really want accountability and real action. And you know what the term is? Stakeholder. 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 You can't whisper on a podcast because nobody can hear you. All they got is voice. Stakeholder. Stakeholder. Okay. I, just, I wanted to just kind of ease the listeners into that term. Stakeholder. Okay, and a stakeholder is a is is somebody who invests in something and expects a return. It may not necessarily be a monetary return. It may be a return in their future. Okay, 
Well, unfortunately, I think there's plenty of stakeholders involved in a lot of these friggin' foundations, and these stakeholders have their own little hidden agendas and why. They're not necessarily, I, I wouldn't call them stakeholders because they don't really have, they're not investing in a stake in something. Well, let me give you an example. Okay, let me give you an example and then tell me, tell me, tell me how, you, how you feel about this. All right, so I learned that there's a foundation not going to name names, not going to mm -hmm. point fingers, blah, blah, blah. But there's a foundation out there that is really into fighting the infrastructure and sewage problems that we have. Okay. Okay? And the reason they're really into that is because they want guys like you and I to think about that because their special interest has a whole different problem that's similar Right. That you and I would be pissed about if we knew. Right. So they basically invest a ton of money into foundation to keep our focus away from them. Yeah, well, that's... I'm just saying that that's just, the way the game is that's, played. That's, that's special interest groups. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a fine line between... You know what I mean? Like you say, stakeholder is somebody that, that, that wants a return on their investment. Well, for them... Yeah, no, they're getting I a return on their investment, and they're doing it in a slimy, sleazy way. Right. Also, with these foundations and nonprofits and all that, if it wasn't for the donation part of it, mm -hmm. would they be would they be able to exist? The answer is no. No. Exactly. No. Exactly. No. You have to have. Let me tell you what. Okay, it's it's time that people start looking at these investments. Not necessarily from a singularly unique point of monetizing their own um, their own investment, growing their own uh, investment from a single donation. Okay, what I'm talking about is I would like to be able. I personally would feel a lot more comfortable investing in something that is a for-profit. Okay. Well, you mentioned one that is way. going that is going to go out that is going to go out there. Okay, and bring some damned results back. Well, you mentioned one, by the way, the one the one organization. Four oceans, right? Four oceans. Right. You did mention that we can all agree is doing I, a great job. And I job, think they do a great job. And we support them and so on and so forth. But they are for profit. They are different than the other organizations because they're for for profit, transparent but for profit. Right. But uh, the the and the other problem and the other problem. Okay, and it's not really a problem because they're not. This isn't their. They're not geared towards what you and I are talking about. Okay, their sole uh, mission is to clean the waterways. Great, they're doing a wonderful job. Okay, the canal that I live on, where I keep my boat, is as clean as it's ever been. Okay, in terms of the crud and all the crap that gets dumped in there. Okay. And you see them out there working all the time. It's something that I'm proud and happy to support. What I'm talking about is a is another organization that goes out and sinks some real dollars into an effort to change public policy. Right. Well, unfortunately, that's what it takes right now, and that's okay. the way everything is designed. But right nobody's now. doing that. Nobody's nobody's doing that in in that type of a framework. Okay, it, let me put it another way. Let's just say I had the opportunity to spend $500 on something that would eventually come back 
and repay me in ways that I can't monetize. Right. Right. Okay. There's that's the thinking that you have to look at it. Okay. You're not pissing away five hundred dollars. You're investing in your future. You're investing in your kid's future. Okay. You're invest. I mean, listen. I want I want my kids and I want your kids and their grandkids to go and be able to swim out out, out on the on the beaches or at the sandbars. Okay, but the way we're headed right now, it's not going to happen. So we need to get behind somebody in some way, in some shape or fashion today that's going to go out there and maybe hire a lobbyist to go out and get those funds. Okay? But I'm just saying that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Well, I think that in today's world, that's what it's going to take. I think we got to change philosophies. Well, that's what I'm saying. We, we need to change the way we think about how we approach conservation because it's not working. Well, it isn't. It's just not working. This is, this is what I think. I think it's about numbers. I think it's about numbers. Oh, like, yeah. okay, let's take salt life, for instance, since we love <laughs> fucking with salt life and making fun of salt life and all that, right? Right. All right, but let's take salt life, for instance. Salt life started off as a slogan, a brand or whatever. And you know, a couple of beach communities had it, you know, and yep. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it became regional where the coastal communities had it over up and down the coast. Right. Then it became national, mm -hmm. right? And everybody could be a salt lifer. You could be salt lifer. You could be a salt lifer. In Nevada. You could be a salt lifer in Nevada, and it only cost you the 40 bucks or whatever it took to get yep. your salt life thing. Yep. And salt or buy your salt life shirt. Right. And salt life created a so-called culture of, of people that at least identified themselves as salt life. As salt life. Right. And it was cool. And people sported the piss out of that. That's what we need to see. That, but but that, in conservation that, That's fashionable. Efforts. But we can... But it... it Fashionable is fancy. It was cool. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is if we can make conservation cool. Yeah. Then we can get those type got, of numbers. Then you got something. And, right. Sure. And, and then, then you got something. Right. And then you can you can build the snowball right. just like Salt Life did. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you sell that and you teach people that it's something good to buy and that the ROI on it, your return on investment. Yeah. But you have to, but you have to constantly deliver. Constant. Okay. You have to constantly deliver because people are going to look at that and they're going to go, you know what? I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been giving them 500 bucks a year for 20 years and the water keeps getting worse. Well, that's where the other ones are failing. you got to deliver. That's where the other ones are failing. You're right. You have to deliver. You have to be able to list your successes and your failures. Absolutely. And like you said... Most of these foundations are not held accountable for their successes or failures. Right. You know? No, they're not. They're, they're clearly not. Anyway, Norm. Yeah. Great conversation today. We're going to uh, uplist, upload this podcast immediately. It's dropping. Well, it's because of Buddy. Anything we, we, that I can any, help Buddy Anything with. we can help Buddy Sherman with. Or at, any other. At, or at any, or any, Southport Raw Bar. Yeah. Or any other small mom and pop that's been around forever. That our coastal community loves, like buddies, like Southport. We're right? gonna do our best. Yeah, I'm just saying. I am all for that. Absolutely. I always support that. That's 
that's part of what this podcast is all about. It's and, real you know, guys helping real guys. Yeah. And, you know, today we talked about a lot of local stuff. That's a Fort Lauderdale thing. That's as local as it gets. But that's real guys talking about real stuff. And the same shit's happening out there in your local communities. Whether you like it or whether you don't like it, same stuff happens. Or you know about it or you don't know about it. And hopefully, I don't know, hopefully friggin' uh, somebody learned something today. Norm, thanks for coming in. Great, great having you in the studio. Great conversation. And um, go to Southport Raw Bar. Get behind Buddy. And um, maybe... Maybe we can put a stop to this madness of media. It would be great. And just think of that. Uh, you got done, got learned something. Y'all learned something yeah. on a Thursday night. It's called traffic calming. Traffic calming. You never know I think what we, you're going to learn next. That's what we're going to name this podcast traffic calming with Norm Bagwell. Captain Norm. <laughs> Run that dog. Run that dog. Run that dog.